This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome. Did the battery really just go down to one? We're going to do our best. It's a race against time. Welcome to Dynamic Banter. Uh, my apologies right off the bat. Uh, I know the past couple episodes haven't been what you guys are used to or what you guys have come to expect because of certain unforeseen circumstances in both of our lives. And when I say both, of course, I mean uh, Esteban and myself. Um, been a lot of not great health stuff going on. Um, but hopefully we're, we're both kind of on the mend. I just got back to Los Angeles from, from being on the East coast, from being in Connecticut, getting a couple kidney operations out there, man, that was a fun way to spend my vacation and celebrate my mom's retirement in the hospital. But, um, Listen, that's in the past. And the thing with having a fairly good life, of which I'm very thankful for and, and very lucky about, is um, sometimes shit happens. And I'm sure that you could all relate. I'm sure you've all had shit happen. Maybe you got shit happening right now. And um, you take the good, you take the bad, you take it all, and then you have the facts of life. And it's the it sounds cliche, but it sounds cliche because... Uh, it's what it is. Um, but the bad shit makes the good shit good. If it's all just good things, it all just becomes things that happen. And, uh, maybe it was a wake up call to appreciate just the littlest things in, in life. I remember, um, eight, seven, eight years ago, I think when I first got crazy sick, uh, the catalyst for me becoming uh, like a comedian and moving out to Los Angeles that happened in 2010. So eight years ago, um, I remember getting out of the hospital and me and my dad would take these long walks and we would, it sounds ridiculous and boring, but we would kick a rock back and forth uh, up and down my street. And I just remember, um, being so grateful for the conversations that we had and to kick that rock. (laughs) It sounds so fucking stupid, but it was the equivalent to like stop and smell the roses, uh, but really stopping and and really smelling roses and appreciating how green grass is and how tall trees are and, uh, and dumb shit like that, that uh, bad poetry is, is made of. But the reason why it's bad poetry, I think, is because it's been written about ad nauseum since the beginning of poetry. And the reason it was poetry was created around that stuff in the first place was because somebody took the time to realize how beautiful all that shit was and uh, tried to help us understand and appreciate that stuff while we have it. So every day not in the hospital is the same as a, a day not in prison. Uh, and that is to say, I'm very thankful to be sitting in this chair right now that I got for free. I'm very thankful to be holding this microphone with my own sh- two hands. <laughs> Imagine if I had to, I was that weak that I had to <laughs> struggling to hold it with two hands. But, um, 
I'm very thankful to be here with you today and to be talking with you. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm bummed out that my friend isn't here, but he has stuff that he needs to take care of. And he said, you know, uh, the plan is to be back together at full strength next week. But until then, um, I wish him the best. I wish everyone that he loves the best. And, um, I got a couple things that I want to talk to you about that I think might be fun. <laughs> Hopefully fingers crossed. And then, uh, we'll make some calls maybe. And, uh, and we'll have a good time today and it'll be a different energy, but, and that's the intro.com. Uh, speaking of.com, thank God there's no sponsors today. Cause I'm not the sponsor person. First of all, I can't read. I can never read that well. I would always, I hope some of you are like this, so you don't think I'm a complete idiot. But uh, if you do, you wouldn't be the first. So whenever we had to read out loud in class, usually we would do it by like paragraph. We'd be reading like To Kill a Mockingbird or some shit like that. Or even just out of the science book in seventh grade. And, you know, everyone's paragraph would be coming up and you'd kind of do the math based on where you were sitting and you were like, okay, well this cellular mitosis, this is my paragraph. And, uh, and I would read it a million times before it got to me. So I could read it like a normal person and not like a dyslexic person. (laughs) And, uh, it never really worked. I would always fuck up. And uh, it's amazing that I speak in front of people. Well, I guess not amazing because I don't read in front of people now. That would be the worst. Like, remember when Andy Kaufman read the fucking, what did he read? Uh, uh, War and Peace? Or what did he read? Tale of Two Cities? You read the whole book in front of an audience? I would never be able to do that because I'm a terrible reader. Um, so I'm not the ad person, but I do, uh, have a couple things on the docket to talk to you about today. And, uh, ho- hopefully you guys have seen this, uh, the Toys R Us meme. Um, I don't know how many of you grew up with Toys R Us. Well, we all had to, cause it just closed. Um, so Toys R Us closed. It was this major, major, huge, uh, toy store. And it was beautiful. It was like a whole mall, but it was it was just toys. And all of these toy stores were at least, I don't know, hopefully you've been inside one because it was an experience. Uh, they were like the size of an auditorium. <laughs> there wasn't like, there were no small, there were no like satellite Toys R Us stores. They were all like gymnasium sized and just wall to wall toys and shit that you couldn't reach. And uh, video games behind glass. And I remember the whole process of like, if you wanted a video game, you had to take a slip of paper out and bring it to a pimply faced teenager who would judge you for playing wrestling video games. And then uh, it was just an amazing experience. And that place, it was a huge part of my childhood in the 80s and 90s. And they just closed. And now there's this meme going around that Jeffrey, who is the who is the mascot of Toys R Us, who is a giraffe. Obviously, when you think of toys, you think of giraffe. Uh, it's just him, in a, like a dude in a Jeffrey mascot <laughs> costume, standing by himself in an empty Toys R Us, and all that's left is like the signage, and it says shit like, everything must go, and 
you'll uh all this stuff closing sale and he's just standing there with a roll away suitcase <laughs> and he's waving to the camera and it's the saddest shit i've ever seen and then there are a couple different pictures associated with this meme i think it's like a, a it was like a twitter thing and it's like a picture set of four pictures and one was that and one was something i don't remember one was a girl crying and then one they put a sign on the door that just says i i guess y'all grew up cuz there are no more toys r us kids <laughs> and holy shit is it just the sad especially with everything else going on it's like you couldn't leave us hopeful you couldn't oh, i wish i had it in front of me i don't have the exact meme in front of me but fuck is it sad um i'm sure it's pretty easy to find and it makes it sound like so here's where I start to disagree. It makes it sound like no one's ever going to buy a toy again or be happy. <laughs> They're just not going to the draft store to buy toys from, <laughs> from now on. They got to find a different space. And I guess because of the way technology is, you can't really blame people. Like it's 2018. We all have a fucking supercomputer in our pocket. So if you're, Maybe not a kid. We we used to the best experience was to be brought there by an adult as a kid, and that is to say, there's an adult in your life that wants to give you a toy. And fuck if that isn't the greatest scenario to be in as a kid. But now, if you're an adult and you want to buy a toy for a kid that you're looking after and feeding and making sure doesn't die, you just pull out your pocket computer and you go on Amazon and you say, well, I've got a gift certificate from six months ago. Let's put it to good use. I got it in the office uh, from somebody I didn't like in a Santa swap situation. So you, you pull out your, uh, your phone and you can order this kid whom you love or want to shut up, whatever it wants. And there's kind of no beat in that situation. You don't have to waste gas. You don't have to go out into traffic. You don't have to go at least 45 minutes away because no one lives within 45 minutes of a Toys R Us. Um, that's just a fact. And I think that contributed <laughs> to their downfall. But it's so easy to get what you want now without even leaving your house. You don't you know, have to pack up a kid, put them in, the, in a car seat. Um you don't have to bring a kid to a store. I'm I'm guilty of like, you bring me to a to a toy store, and I'm I'm, you know, ten years old. No, ten is a bit old. Ten or less. I'm gonna want everything in the toy store. I'm gonna ask for everything, because the worst you could say is no, and I've heard no a bunch of times. And then to psych me out, my pants parents my pants started saying maybe instead of no and then i was smart enough to deduce that maybe just meant no so that was another big turning point in my life point being you don't have to wheel this kid around in a uh, a cart have him cry in the store have him ask for everything you could literally just say what do you want or make the choice for your kid pull out your phone and then if you have amazon prim my favorite favorite aesop's fable character you uh You'll, you could have that thing 
before EOD the next day, before the next D. And there's and Jeffrey, this is going out to you, fictitious giraffe who I grew up with. You can't fuck with that. And there's no way, and I'm sad and I'm sorry that all your stores shut down and I don't know what you have in your rollaway suitcase, but I can tell you that there's no beating being able to get whatever you want from your house. That's why Grubhub exists. That's why Postmates exists. That's why Amazon Prim, not a sponsor, exists. And there's no beating that. It's like the Wiz, only the Wiz also went out of business. Um, I remember, dude, I used to get detention on a constant basis from third grade to, I guess, freshman year in high school. I was always in detention. I went to school for 16 hours a day, and I got to know all my teachers real well against my will. And uh, when uh, my grandma was alive during this whole time, my grandma on my mom's side, and, uh, she was the shit. She was like my best friend in the whole world as, as most grandmas are. I think that's like the grandparents, uh, that's their role is to be your, the oldest homie that you have. Uh, and they're always buying you stuff and they always want to spoil their grandparents cause they don't really have to raise you in most cases. You got, hopefully you're at least one of your parents to raise you. So your grandparents are just like, I'm going to be, these kids are just going to fucking love me. I don't, you know, I fucked up your parents a little bit. It's your job to fuck up your kid. But as the grandparents, I'm going to, I'm going to be held in this light because I'm going to be the fun one. I'm going to be the fun loving one. Uh, that was my experience. I know everybody's different, but uh, I think the majority of people have good relationships with their parents, grandparents. Um I base that on absolutely no data whatsoever. Uh, so my grandma always used to pick me up from detention. She'd be like, all right, Mike, what did you get in trouble for today? And no joke, this is no joke. I wish I could have my old principal on and the lunch ladies in the lunchroom on to, uh, to confirm this. But I would get in trouble for talking. I was a child. And I would get in trouble for talking in the lunchroom. The way it worked, tell me, tweet me if this is the same for you guys. Because I feel like, maybe I'm a weirdo. Maybe I just went to a weird dyslexic school for the borderline gifted. But uh, I would, so we would go to lunch and obviously everyone would talk. It'd be loud as shit. Because kids just want to have fun. And then there would come a time at the end of the lunch period where... no more talkies you. So they would say no more talkies you and maybe not in those exact words, but paraphrasing. And they would say, uh, we got to line you up. We got to get you out of here. But I was a kid who had friends, humble brag. So I would always talk. You're not going to stop me from talking. I can't talk during math, science, studies, uh, math, Science, I'm going to talk in the lunchroom, okay? I already did some kind of unspeakable act, so Joey Day would give me his Cheetos, and at the very least, I'm going to chat with my friends before I go back to the class and get in trouble for some other shit. Um, 
So I would always get detention for talking in the lunchroom. Then my grandma would pick me up and I would have to explain that to her and no one understood it. And my parents would have to come in for meetings. This kid won't stop talking. He's definitely going to have a podcast one day. He's going to have to do it by himself. And, uh, and no one respected any of the elders at my school because they would fucking, they would keep me after school and inconvenience my entire family because I wanted to talk where we ate. So my grandma would bring me to Toys R Us after she'd bring me to McDonald's. We'd get a little, and then she'd bring me to Toys R Us. What's good, Jeffrey? Shout out. R.I.P. And uh, we would go (laughs) immediately to the action figures aisle. The boys had like two aisles. It was trucks and action figures. And uh, I would get a wrestling figure every every time I was reprimanded for my bad behavior. That that day would end in McDonald's and uh, and Toys R Us and wrestling figures, and it was just the best. Uh, good quality time with my grandma. Uh, they taught my aunt talked about it at my grandma's funeral, and I lost my shit because that was uh, just the best times. Um, and that was those were my fondest memories of Toys R Us. My parents knew better than to bring me to that. It was an ultra ultra special occasion. I can remember maybe a a handful of times. Um, me and my dad used to go to this restaurant in. Milford, Connecticut, called Bobby Valentine's. It was like a sports bar, and they had fucking bangerang buffalo chick chicks, and it was the best buffalo chick chicks that I've had to this day. Maybe Archie Moore, shout out, not a sponsor. And um, and there was a Toys R Us right next to it, uh, forty five minutes away from our house. So we would go there sometimes to just look around, and I was old enough to know that. I wasn't getting anything. We were just looking around, but it always felt like a treat to even go there. It was like the cheapest amusement park that you could possibly go to. So I will miss Toys R Us. Haven't been there in at least 25 years, as um, as is the same with everybody else in the United States of America, which is why it doesn't exist anymore. But I do have fond memories, and it's dead now, <laughs> and... The last thing I need is a giraffe making me feel bad about it. So that's my bit about Toys R Us. Um, second thing I want to throw it to you guys, and I, I'd like you to tweet me or us at Dynamic Banter. And uh, I don't have the password for that yet, so I can't answer you from that account. So include me at Mike Falzone. What if you had to pick, absolutely had to pick your entire Twitter feed? <laughs> Is <laughs> is either political tweets or pictures of your friends working out at the gym? What would you pick if you had to choose? Hundreds and hundreds. Change all of your mentions. All the tweets in your timeline are either all about politics or all about working out and how proud your friends and your acquaintances famous person that you met one time say blasting my glutes god bless america uh what would you pick 
I wrote that last night and I still don't have an answer. Um, I mean, the political thing is like, it's out of control. Everything is out of control right now. So uh, I'm trying to stay in a very euphoric, uh, very make your own joy kind of mindset. (laughs) So I think I would want to escape all of that and do the workout thing, even though absolutely infuriating. It's infuriating to witness a snapshot of your friends working out. Because it's like, just work out. Just work out because you're doing it for you. And I don't know why you got to be all billboard baggins about it. You know what I mean? It's like, and and my least favorite, trying not to get too complainy, not a sponsor, but my least favorite thing in maybe the whole world is when your friends take pictures of themselves, but they act like they're not doing that. They act like it's a candid picture. Like if they're at the gym and they're like mid push up, like you got to know that I know that you set up the camera and you put it on a timer or you're taking a video of yourself and then you're just grabbing a screenshot from that video to show everyone how sweaty you are and how working out you are. That's the that's the most. That's the definition of doing the absolute most. And it's infuriating. But it's infuriating in a very different way than all the politics things are. Because at the end of the day, you working out and you pretending you're not taking a picture of yourself when you are, like the people who take a picture of themselves sleeping, doesn't affect my life in the same way <laughs> that uh, that all the politics shit does because that's that's different. So I think my final answer is uh, is working out. I would rather see everyone I know working out than talking about politics. Also, because most of the people that you know, and this is cold hard facts, baby, don't know jack shit about politics, but they're very invested now that everything is crumble bumbling down. You know, and now they got all the answers, but they really don't because they didn't even pay attention in high school. And now they got all the answers because they feel some kind of way on purpose. And um, and that's annoying, too. Don't take a picture of yourself and act like you're not taking a picture of yourself talking about politics. Um, I had a show the other night, a uh, stand up show in Silver Lake. And uh, it was a real fun time. Shout out to my friend Steve for hooking me up with that. And there was an improv team in the middle of the stand-up show. Um, now, I'm not a big fan of mixing stand-up and improv at all for any reason. I don't think that should ever be done on the same show. A lot of people have difference of opinions, but I think it's such a different form of comedy that the improv shows should just be the improv shows stand-up should uh, just be the stand-up there's actually comedy mashup does it pretty well that's a, a group out of um pasadena i think it is they're just a great group of people but um maybe i'm wrong that's just my personal preference um this was not that group this was another group and god help them they did there were not that many people in the audience and to see an improv show where the audience number capacity matches 
the number of people in the improv troupe, that's very hard for them. I'm sure some of you are taking improv classes out there. I know for a fact some of you are, do, are doing that. And uh, to perform for the, an equal or lesser amount of people has to be terrible. And I don't envy your position. And I'm sorry that you even have to do that. But um, it's tough. But we all, you know, we're trying to be comedians. It's nothing but tough times until you're Kevin Hart. So they did the most, they said some funny shit, but they were struggling, you know, because it's not their their environment and they weren't getting a ton of help or or love from the the capacity crowd of four people. And um, one of them did something so unintentionally funny. I lost my whole shit and I, I had to leave for a second to compose myself uh, because the first rule of improv, first and only rule that I know of, is saying yes and. And that is to say, and that's in casual conversation, if you're trying to be funny, you're always trying to yes and the other person. So if I say, I'm a race car driver, and boy, is it rainy out today. You, being my partner in the scene, would say yes and... Uh, I can't find my shoes and you don't have a passenger seat. So what am I to do? You know, now you got yourself a funny situation. I'm a race car driver in the rain. You're hanging on to the back of this car, but you don't have any shoes. So you're Fred, Fred, Frederick Flintstoning down the street. We've got ourselves a situation. Now all we need is a location and a bunch more people in the audience and we could have a halfway decent comedy show. Okay. This did not go like that at all. Uh, the scene started, and I don't remember the exact situation because there was a lot. Everyone was doing the most. And at one point, um, the the group looked like this. It was three white people. It was one white lady, another bald white guy, uh, and uh, just the regular looking. If I just said draw a white guy, that would that's the other guy and this uh big black dude and uh he was hilarious and he had a great voice and uh but you could tell that they're all students and i'm not knocking their skill level at all because we all got to start somewhere and they were trying their best and they traveled from a different part of town and uh more power to them i'm and i stayed to watch them on purpose because i felt bad that there wasn't a lot of people in the audience (laughs) So at one point, <laughs> one of the white dudes is trying to set up the scene and he's like, <laughs> and then I ran into this old Native American shaman, right? And and who is like a, like a leader of a Native American tribe who would heal people and stuff and talk to the different Native American gods. And instead of any of the white people stepping forward, the big black guy steps forward and he goes, no, I'm a big black guy and I like to barbecue. And I lost my shit. I still haven't found my shit. That's how hard I lost it. I went and I found the owner of the theater and I asked if they had a lost and found box. And I searched it for my shit. And I still haven't, search continues. 
um, it was so funny because the only thing that you're supposed to do is agree with your partner and then build on what your partner has to say. And this guy was like, and I'm off to see the shaman. And here he is. And then this dude was like, no. <laughs> no, I'm this. And uh, and now we're going to talk about now we're going to talk about this. And now we're off to the races about this and not what you were saying. And uh, that was the night to do it because, I mean, there were three people there. And I don't think anyone really cared that much. But I, holy shit, I thought that was the funniest thing. So it's definitely bad. That's definitely a bad thing to do um, for, for improv, for sure. The next thing I want to talk to you guys about is uh, uh, beard beard blogs blogs about beards uh i've i haven't had the pleasure of meeting all of you but i have met a lot of you i talked to you a lot uh, a lot of you online um most of you are dudes with beards i feel like or dudes that would like to have beards i don't know how often you frequent the beard blog portion of the internet but um i know that i used to um so what kind of happens in every young man's life is is you realize at some point that you can or can't grow a beard and then you kind of assess how good that beard is by how it comes in and uh, and then you try to figure it out from there. Uh, at some point, you, you want it to look as, as good as possible when you start caring about your appearance. Maybe you're trying to meet the person of your dreams. Maybe you're trying to get a job. Maybe you're just trying not to look like you could be homeless. Um, which I know is weird coming from me, but I, I do try to look my best most times. Um, so there are these blogs that have been going on for years and years sometimes magazines dedicated to beards and I don't all the way get it. <laughs> I don't think because here's how it goes in my, uh, maybe in my own experience, there's only a handful of questions that you ask uh, in general when it comes to, to beards. I think one of the first ones is when you're first starting out and you say, how, uh, you know, how, how do, it sounds ridiculous, but this is a, a real thing that I know people search for all the time, either how to grow a beard or, um, what do you do about a patchy beard or whatever? And that's knocked out. There are t tons of good blog posts that just say, you know, wait, <laughs> For hair to come out of your face. And or the patchy beard thing is is more, you know, um, the realistic one that people look up because everybody, especially now, everybody wants to have a good beard. But if you have, you know, your patch Adams, you got to figure out how to grow your beard to make it look like uh, the best possible one. Like Steve has a beard that's much fuller than mine, for example, Fuller House. So that's one or two blog posts. Okay. That's eight paragraphs maximum, maybe one or two videos, 
things that you could do to maybe stimulate hair growth, different essential oils that close oils that you could uh, try out to help the pores on your face and your follicles and yada, yada, yada. Maybe two blog posts from one beard company, right? And then the other one or two is how to style your beard when you know that you have a halfway decent one, right? So using balms, using oils, using combs, and then, so that's maybe another two, three blog posts. So now we have a website <laughs> that has maybe seven blog posts on it. And then there's maybe one about trimming and washing, uh, different trimming methods. And I'm going to say, be generous and maybe say that's five blog posts. So that's seven, using my fingers here. 12 that's 12 one website from one company with a maximum of 12 blog posts maybe 12 videos and then that's it that's all the knowledge that you could have about having a beard and then what happens is (laughs) these companies they stretch it tough tough it's a tough stretch when you work for a beard blog that has been going on eight nine ten years what do you write about i saw a twitter post from a beard company i think it was a twitter post that was like top 10 successful guys with beards And uh, I don't know what you get out of reading that. You know? What do you get? George Clooney has a beard this month. And this is how he's doing it. This is how he did it. First, he didn't shave completely for two months. And then... I don't know. He went to the store. <laughs> Won an award. Here's the picture of him winning an award with with a beard. David Letterman. Years and years of not having a beard. He retires. Then he does that super fancy, good-looking <laughs> Netflix show. Now he has a giant beard. One day he decided to have a beard. Then he grew it out. Now he trims it. And that's it. End of blog post. That's it. And you can't do that for everyone. And then the other thing that they do is they'll just do really beautiful photography of guys with beards in different seasons. Here's how you wear a hat with a beard. Here's how you stand next to a wolf in the snow with a beard. And they obviously have a little bit of snow on the beard. All you could Google search this shit right now. I dare you to, (laughs) I dare you to send me hurt myself when I laughed 
a picture, a b- photography picture, like be- like a photographer definitely shot this, not just like a guy with an iPhone in the woods. A f- beautiful photography magazine shot of a good-looking guy in the woods with a beard where there is not snowflakes in and on the beard. Dare you to find it? Dare you to tweet me it? At Mike Falzone. At Dynamic Bontier. Which is the French version of this show. I don't know what the point is. I don't know what the point is. Here's how you swim with a beard. 12-page blog posts. Top 10 famous guys raking leaves and beards. And here's how it's done. Tilt your fedora to one side to really emphasize your trimmed edges on your beard. That's too much time. You're spending too much time on one part of your body. That's like reading a blog every day about your, your knees. How to have successful knees. What does the rest of your body look like if you have so much time invested in how exactly to be successful in a beard. Just have a beard and try your best. I'm going to open up a website. I'm going to use Squarespace, sometimes a sponsor. And I'm going to say, these are my beard tips. And there's two. Step one, (laughs) don't shave. You're going to want to not shave. In order to grow this beard. Maybe the most. (laughs) Maybe the most vital part. (laughs) Maybe the most vital step of the process. want to not shave don't shave please and then you're ready to move on to step two try your best (laughs) how to become successful in a beard.com two-step process step one don't shave step two try your best holy shit and if you accidentally default on step one just start over Should you find yourself breaking rule number one, but you're like, shit, how do I go back in time? How do I become one of these guys out in the woods holding an axe, snow on my beard, cap on head, suit of red, special night? Damn, that's tight. Must be Santa. Just repeat step one. Don't shave November. And then step two, try your best. (laughs) Holy shit. I don't get how you get year. (laughs) Fuck, man. I don't get how you get... (laughs) How you get years of content. Beard-related content. 
they do interviews. I was in one. I was in a magazine, don't remember what it was called, and they interviewed me about being a comedian. There were no beard-related questions, so I guess they're branching out. But they interview people. How'd you do it? Well, I started with step one. <laughs> I got to tell you, I don't mean to give out all my secrets because you got you to keep some of that mystery. But bottom line, I, it's a two-step process. I did both the steps, and now I'm successful with a beard. Uh, fuck. It's almost 4th of July, you guys. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about fireworks safety. And that's because, so when I was at home, uh, I spent two weeks at home with my mom and my dad, and they're both retired now, which means they both get to hang out all the time. Every day is Saturday. That's amazing. Imagine having a job. Some of you are like, I'm sure some of you are like, um, you and Steve are comedians, and that's great. And it is. Our life is very hard and very um, being your own boss and trying to be successful. It's very difficult. But the fun things that we get to do are so unbelievably fun. Like doing stand-up every night. I get to go to places and make people laugh, and that's amazing. And I never ever, ever take that for granted, especially when shit like this kidney shit happens. Um, I'm just very thankful to go all over the country and to do things like this podcast and to have you all listening to this podcast and coming out to these shows and telling uh, me how much you love the podcast and me and Steve or me and Zoya or, you know, whatever, uh, YouTube videos or Mike in the Morning. It's all very hard, but it's all incredibly rewarding, Right. But there's no guarantee of being successful or having money or being able to retire, which is where you guys kind of pull ahead if you're kind of working your way up the corporate ladder or you have a job where you go to an office um, and maybe you have raise your hand if you have a retirement fund or a 401k or some shit like that. Re retirement seems like it's just the all weekend until you die. And that's amazing. It's Saturday, not even Sunday. It's Saturday every day until you die. That's great. Um, and I, I hope you all get to experience that. Me and uh, my parents are, not me, just my parents are getting to experience that right now. I think my dad's going to start a mustache blog. So they, uh, when I was hanging out with them, my mom uh would just have the TV on every morning and she'd be watching today. She'd be watching, you know, one of the inspirations for Mike in the morning was the show today and good morning America and, and all that shit, Kathy Lee and Hoda and all that shit. Um, and it's really just the funniest. It's so funny. It's so un morning shows are so unintentionally funny, whether it's going back and forth between like, you know, what's going on with North Korea and then immediately throwing to like the ugliest dog contest and then immediately throwing after that to some guy who's going to teach you how to get the most out of your vacuum. It's the funniest shit. And then the weather, 
it, which is missing from Mike in the morning. And I have to make that a more consistent part, but it's so funny. Oh God. It's so funny. The other day they did, uh, on today they did fireworks safety and they were showing the dangers of fireworks. And they're like eight people die every year of mishandling fireworks and, uh, don't mishandle fireworks. For any reason, don't try to get cute with an explosive, idiot. Don't be an idiot, please. Forever, keep yourself alive. Uh, the the one step process to not hurting yourself with fireworks is don't be an idiot with fireworks. So they went out on the streets and they set up dummies. And some of you may have saw on the other day, I, I put up a video, I videoed the TV with my phone and I put up three examples of things that they said not to do. And that they demonstrated with these dummies. Uh, it's on my Instagram at Mike Falzone. Please, please, please go watch the videos um, because I'm going to watch them back right now because I can't stop watching them. And they're saying all this shit like these are got a burp. Sorry. These are bottle rockets. Uh, don't you're going to want to absolutely not shoot a bottle rocket at your friend's face. <laughs> and like, I don't know who's doing this. I don't know what age group. If you're less than 20. You got bad parents. If you're shooting bottle rockets at each other, you're a bad friend. You're a bad civilian. If you're shooting rockets or fireworks in a way that can harm someone else, you're doing a bad job as a person. But the fact that they even have to tell people these things and demonstrate these things and give this national TV coverage, first of all, it's a blessing because it's the funniest. It's funnier. It's so much funnier than somebody trying to be funny because it's real. And uh, and I put up three videos and there's one. Oh, my goodness. Here's the first one. It's whoa. <laughs> they got a string. And they shoot this rocket along this string and the string is attached from one dummy shooting the rocket to another dummy's face right between his eyes. And to represent the eyes, they put a raw egg where his left eye would be. Open egg, close egg. And they just fire this bottle rocket that is perfectly guided by this string into another dummy's eye. Now, why the fuck would you do that? Would you demonstrate this like that? Because this, I have no doubt that there have been situations where somebody fires a bottle rocket at somebody or, uh, or a Roman candle and it hits someone in the eye. That's fucking horrible. Again, you're being a bad human being. If you do shit like that, but in no, there's not a scenario that exists in the world. I dare you to find me one instance along with the guy with the beard, with the snow in the beard. I dare you to find me one instance where somebody tied a string to their head 
attached the other end of the string to a bottle rocket and said, precision, freedom, celebration, 4th of July. So the bottle rocket obviously goes right, follows the string into this dummy's eye, and the eye explodes, and then there's yolk all over this dummy. That's the first video. Second video is a mortar situation. So the more like real fireworks that you see that aren't don't just go up and go squeep pop. The ones that go boom. <laughs> I would love to be one of my neighbors right now. They are guided by a mortar. So it's a tube. It's a tube that you put on the ground unless you're a fucking idiot. And you light this thing, you drop it in the mortar, and the mortar makes sure it goes up. It, it's like a tube, and you shoot it out of the tube. You and I, I'm not going to explain to you what a tube is. So they go on. This is the second demonstration. They have a dummy holding one of these mortar tubes on atop its head, which is just hilarious <laughs> just as it is. Because it's a dummy being a dummy, and that's a gift, right? And so they're like, don't do this. Uh, a YouTuber did this once, and a lot of kids are imitating it, and uh, don't put the mortar on your head. I'm going to come out and say, this is your Uncle Mike. If you're putting a fireworks mortar on your head, delete the podcast application <laughs> from your phone unsubscribe to everything I've ever done. I'm not going to speak for Steve, but I don't want you. Okay? Because you're not doing what you're supposed to be. You were given the gift of life. And if you put a, a fireworks mortar on your head, you're going opposite way. You do bad job. So now they got to demonstrate this. So there's, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. There's two explosions that happen. Please go to my Instagram and watch these videos. You'll be happy you did. There's two little explosions that happen. One, something pops off the top and then something, I guess, misfires and explodes at the bottom and the head comes off. There's no trace of the head. It looks like Scanners. You ever see that movie Scanners? People that were born before 1991. And it's the, this is is why morning shows are so special. Because it's the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Listen to my reaction of this. I that video made me sound like a rusty door. That's how funny that was. You got to see it. There's no trace of the head left. There's not like, oh, this will burn your scalp. The head is off. The head is off. The head is nowhere to be found. The head got lithotripsied. And uh, holy shit, man. And then the last one is what? I don't remember what the last one was. M80. So these are the things, me and my friends used to fuck with these all the time. There are little, they look like little baby sticks of dynamite. 
And if you're a growing boy, what I did was I would strap him to a GI Joe, one that is undoubtedly worth a lot of money at this point, and then you would obliterate that GI Joe. Um, they tied one to a watermelon, and the shit again, the shit disappears. And what a waste of a a waterfall, waterfall, wonderful watermelon. And uh, those are so expensive and heavy. So that was a waste. Uh, and you hope no one does this. But here's the here's the last one. No, no. Wow. <laughs> and then they're looking at this thing like. Like they're dumbfounded, like there was no way they thought that was going to happen. Like we we stuck this dynamite in this watermelon and let's see, let's just see, you know, what's next? What could, what could happen? And then it blows up and then it's gone. There's no trace of the watermelon. And then they're like, wow. So you can imagine because the human head is just just like a watermelon. <laughs> and don't let this happen to you and don't be a victim. Holy shit. And you hate to victim blame, but if you're uh if you hurt yourself with fireworks, man, write a blog about it. It's no good. That's no good. You got to I mean that's not a lesson you want to learn the hard way. So, even sparklers, man, Sparklers, they had some crazy stat, like sparklers burn at like 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, 37 ohms. <laughs> uh, don't, just don't. Don't fuck with sparklers. Don't, it's not cute to give a little kid a sparkler. The kid doesn't even appreciate freedom. If your kid doesn't celebrate Memorial Day, don't have your toddler celebrate the 4th of July until he, he or she could take a social studies class. It's crazy because then you, they obviously burn themselves. Don't light sparklers inside. People do so much stupid shit. And I mean, maybe that's the way we weed people out. Like there's a lot of people who have never had to deal with any kind of like hardship or, or whatever. And they just had a very cushy nerf life. And, and maybe those are the people who get hurt. And I'm not saying they deserve it, but I'm kind of saying that. And I feel bad for saying that, but just don't, please don't do anything unsafe. Uh, also, don't drink and drive around uh, ever, ever days, any days that there are. I was going to say especially 4th of July because cops are just like everywhere, man. It's T-ball. That's T-ball for cops. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, 4th of July, they're just waiting. And if you uh, cross any yellow line or if you uh, turn without signaling, you're fucked. If you had several wine coolers that day, you're done. It's over. A um, couple more things, and then I'll let you guys get out of here. This was uh, so much more fun than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I'm having a great time. What does this say? Skipping the office intro before the annoying part kicks in. <laughs> I think, 
a lot of people watch The Office. If you watch The Office, you don't just like watch an episode and then that's it. That was fun. What's what's for lunch? You watch The Office like a drug addict. You watch a season of The Office at one time. I have fallen asleep to episodes of The Office for years now. I've seen every season multiple times and uh, and I'm proud of it. The other thing I'm proud of is being able to skip the intro before the annoying part kicks in, right? It start and we all know how it starts. It starts with the piano, and then there is an instrument that I cannot identify that goes. And when you're sleeping next to a wife, that is a guaranteed argument. If she's woken up by the... Why is it that the song starts with just piano and then it's every instrument hits one note, hits like an E sharp. All right, guys, on three... This is all of a, I'm speaking over a megaphone to someone, a bunch of people holding every instrument that there is. Guys, when I say three, you're going to rev up to an E sharp major seventh. Got it? Two, three, four. Where's the piano person? What happened to the penist? Um, so being able to skip the intro. Before that happens, will save your relationship. It'll save your eardrums. And I love that theme song. I'm sure I just heard it too many times. But uh, same thing. The only more annoying theme song is the uh, Storage Wars. Had to bow it down. I built all this town. Talking about towns. Talking about how money, money runs the town. Money can't run the town. It's paper. Uh, next order of business. I had a friend who used to say, my brother-in-law, he would say, me and my brother-in-law are going to the mall. I can't hang out today. I'm hanging out with my brother-in-law. But I knew the brother-in-law for years. His name is Tony. And it used to bother me so much. And this is maybe too idiosyncratic about me maybe this is too specific to me but it used to infuriate me and i used to be like just say tony just say tony it's like when you say my brother-in-law instead of saying the person's name if i mutually have known the person for years it just sounds like you're throwing the fact that you have a brother-in-law in my face and I can't, like, why would you, Tony, two syllables, my brother-in-law, five syllables. Why would you opt for the five-syllable option? Doesn't make sense. Don't throw your, um, don't throw your family members in people's faces like that. Uh, last segment of the day, uh, I don't really have a history road because I don't have access to any of the things that the history roads are on, whether it be the Twitter or the email address. Um, been trying to get those 
So I apologize about that. But um, so I, I thought I'd come up with my own bit of history. I was looking for a microphone the other day, humble bro. And we have these uh, these two Tupperware boxes, right? These big, big Tupperware boxes that are kind of like our storage unit. And they're in the corner of our house and there's just shit in them. There's not, nothing that anyone would want. Um, but I, I have never thrown away a notebook since like middle school. And, you know, writing songs and writing comedy and writing jo- uh, years and years of uh, YouTube videos. I just have stacks and stacks. It's like when, when Drake, the, the Drake gets interviewed on much music when he's like 17 years old and he's like, I just write raps all the time. Thumbing through my notebook, you know, that's what I have, but it's all bad and it's all either bad video ideas or bad jokes or halfway decent songs by the end of it. But, uh, it's all stuff that no one will hear. And I never look at, it. I never look through them. I never pick through them for things that could be jokes in the future, but I found one and, uh, I think it was going to be an ASMR video in like 2014 to 13 when that was like a big thing. And it just says sensory video whisper whispering. And, the premise of the video is just talking in a whispery voice, talking about things that aren't funny to me at all. And I don't know who I thought this was for. Or there's like, if you want to talk about a video that has absolutely no chance of going viral, no chance in hell, this would be it. Somebody whispering about things that they don't think are funny. But, this is my history road to you. This is a part of my history. Even the paper is like yellowed a little bit um, as paper do. And uh, so here are a bunch of things that I don't think are funny in a soothing voice. <clears throat> Sausage, which is spelled incorrectly. S-A-U-S-A-G-E. Sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. Not funny at all. There's no part of that that I think is funny. Do I want one? Yeah. Haven't eaten anything today. Not funny though. Keeping with the theme. Looking through the garbage for my keys. Not funny. This one says, I gave my first girlfriend a ring with a yin-yang on it. I got it from a gumball machine. She ended up throwing it at my outside a pizza parlor. So very East Coast Italian to say pizza parlor instead of pizzeria, pizza restaurant. A pizza parlor. Not funny. Heartbreaking situation. Her name was Megan. I never really forgave her for it. Next. I'm pretty sure my old friend Dan sold me a stolen bike once. It was spray painted silver and it sucked. Not funny. 
I remember riding that bike. The seat would always move, and it would interrupt my ass. And I uh, I would ride that bike eight miles to a Burger King, and we would ride through the Burger King drive through on our bikes. And they would say, get off your bikes and come inside. And we would say, but somebody's going to steal this bike. And then they would look at the bike from the window and see that it was the seat was all cattywampus and it was spray painted silver, even the wheels. And they would say, absolutely no one is going to steal that bike. And I would say, someone did. Someone stole that bike and then someone spray painted it and sold it to me. Not funny though. This one says, why don't video game systems have a reset button anymore? The original Tendo Entertainment System, the TNT, TNS, uh, had a reset button. And that's when you were like, game's fucking up. They're all square pixels everywhere. I'm going to hit the reset. Reset always made it worse. Reset never made it better. Maybe that's why they don't have them anymore. I had a Sega Genesis with a reset button on it. That doesn't even make sense. Now you have to hold a heat-activated light for 13 minutes to get the reset function because that's on-off. One thing we've done... Most futuristic thing we've done as a species is get rid of buttons. Reset button was the last to go. That was the last holdout. And then this one says, this generation, old man, old man, 2014, this generation doesn't know how lucky they are that they don't have to fix the tracking on a VHS tape with a little knob. And that is a more visual one, but... Uh, how could I explain this? If you, <clears throat> let's say you edit a video and you add like a VHS uh, effect to it, what it will normally do is give you scan lines, which represents how uh, electrons would move through your television tube. Um, it would send one from the top left corner one from the bottom right corner and they would kind of zigzag and light up all these you know not pixels but uh what do they fucking call them anyway it would it would work with the gas in your tube tv and it would that's what would transmit the picture and so that that was representing the scan lines the older the tv got the slower shit went and you could see the scan lines and then it gives you like the disruption in the middle or at the top or at the bottom. And that's tracking. And I don't know how, I don't know the science behind this, but the way you fix that was by turning a little knob until you move the tracking lines out of your plane of vision. And I guess in 2014, I was so mad that there was a whole generation of kids that wouldn't know how frustrating that is. Especially like when you tape a movie off of HBO. Or something like that, like uh, Cruel Intentions, and uh, Nev Campbell's boobs are going to show up, and she's kissing Denise Richards, or something fun like that, and then um, it kind of, like, you censor yourself, because the tape is so degraded that it's, it's like, that's my luck, person personally, it, that this uh, tracking lines and the scan lines 
would be uh, would disrupt boobs. Anyway, th- this and this has been his- <laughs> history road. Uh, I had a great time with you guys tonight. Uh, I want to talk to you about two shows that I have. One is Monday, uh, July second. I'm at the world famous. Laugh Factory for Sean Joshi and Friends. I think the show starts at 7.45 or 8 o'clock. If you want to get in for free, I could put you on the guest list. Just um, either slide into my DMs on Twitter or tweet me and say, I'd like to be on the guest list for your show. I'm actually about to retweet a show flyer for that now. Uh, You can reply to that if you'd like. Look for that. Um so you get in free and you get to, it's my favorite comedy venue of all time. I moved from the East coast, uh, knowing that I want to do comedy after I watched hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of clips on, uh, the laugh factory YouTube channel. And it's this iconic stage and the iconic sign in the background. And, uh, I worked real hard to get in there and now I'm in there on a semi regular basis. Thanks to a couple friends of mine, uh, some, work that I've been doing and uh it's my favorite place in in the world and and uh, moved across the country for it so if you want to come see me do comedy at my favorite place in the world uh let me know and then if you can't make that but you're still in the area or going to be in in the area around the 21st in Hollywood West Hollywood uh we have the friends and friends show um on the morning show that's coming out today it's actually uploading right now it's gigantic it's like 18 minutes so it's been uploading for like two hours. But there's a clip of my friend Kyle at the last uh, Friends and Friends show where director, famous director Zack Schneider showed up. Um, he's the guy who directed 300 and Wonder Woman and and all this stuff. Um, so that's a fun clip. Fun little plug for the morning show. Uh, but if you want to come see that show, that's on the 21st. Uh, I'm going to be finishing the flyer for that today and finishing the tickets. Uh for that today um would love to have you come to that show a crowd work show is a show where all the comedians show up with no written material not allowed to do written material only allowed to interact with the the crowd as that's the crowd part of the crowd work show um and it's so much fun and it's always different and you never know who's going to show up or or what's going to happen because nothing is prepared. You're not going to hear jokes that people are perfecting every night. Um, it's all just banter and conversation and it's so fun. Um, it's my, it's my favorite show. If I can get my favorite show someday in my favorite place, I think I'm, that's retirement for me. Um, so look out for that flyer again. That's on the 21st. There will be tickets available on Eventbrite probably by the end of today. Um, I had a great time with you guys. Thanks for bearing with me. I hope that you had a good time during this uh, podcast. Um, I'll see you next week with my good friend Steve Zaragoza. Um, Again, uh, much love to him and uh, everything that he's dealing with. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough for listening to the podcast. So I appreciate it. I'll see you next week. Go watch Mike in the Morning. Go watch the the new Valley Folk podcast. video and uh yeah enjoy your enjoy your month make your own happiness love you guys bye that was a headgum podcast